0: Welcome to episode 7 of the Shooter's Gonna Shoot podcast. We have an exciting episode today. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. uh, Nigel Maddox with God First, God Bless. He designed our logo. And uh, if you take a look at that, uh, it looks great. And if you need any type of artwork, logo design, or if you're interested in some uh, clothing, uh, he's got all that on his website, so give him a, give him a shout or give his website a look. Uh, we have uh, one of my very good friends, college teammate and uh, coaching peer, Blake Craft. He uh, led the country in attempted charges taken in the Division Three level every year of his playing career. Um, sometimes he didn't get the call he wanted to, but uh, he definitely was out there scrapping to get it. Uh, Blake, welcome. Man, uh, you know, there is no one that I know peer-wise that knows the game like you, man, so I'm excited to have you on. Oh, man,
1: I know where our discussions used to go and how in-depth it used to
0: be, and I love it, man. I can't wait to get after it. Really? The only person I know that's smarter than you is me. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll see about that. (laughs) Man, so let's dive right in. You know, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the NBA, but really I wanted to start off by talking about... Uh, your playing career. What are things that you learned from your playing career, uh, that you now carry over to your coaching career? Man,
1: that that's a, that's a great first question, man. You know, starting all the way from high school, man. In high school, I played with, played for four
0: different coaches. Wow.
1: of the spectrum in coaching that you get that you can see i've seen things of what to do some things of what definitely what not
0: to do <laughs> i think we both have seen that so yeah
1: Thing, i wouldn't
0: tell anybody else because all that's doing to me is giving kids a uh, false sense of, of what they can do or what their capabilities are yeah i agree man um i think that when i was in uh high school college and, and saw what worked and what didn't work that's one of the things that that I, I took note of i tell my players that you know when you leave my program i want you to be able to say a couple of things and one of those things is that one i never lied to you and two um you felt like this was a family and everything was in the open and uh so i agree with what you said
1: you know i i, I think that's 100 percent correct man i mean i just got done finishing watching the last chance you don't know if you've caught that or anything like that <laughs> but i mean one of the things the coach said was listen i can have i can be all the best x's and o's but if my jimmy's better than that joe i can run the same play and if he's better and he believes in me He's going to run that for a touchdown on there. If there's 11 guys that knew to play, he's going to score that touchdown. And I think it has a lot to do
0: with basketball. You can be the best X and those guys, but if your kids don't believe in it, it does not matter. I think that all goes back to trust. I agree. You know, when when you look at, you know, pertaining to basketball, there's all kinds of systems that win. You know, um, whether what type of offense you run, what type of defense, what you believe in, but you got to get the players to buy into you. And I think that's where you see uh, – you know, people win and uh, really continued success at programs.
1: Uh, 100% agree. I, you know, if people give you know Calipari a hard time with. He's getting all these good, great athletes coming in. But what he gets them to do each year, starting a whole another
0: system, getting them to believe in him, that right there, that's hard. He's doing a four-year process in four months. He really is. I mean, he's taking – and he's not just taking, like, there's not a couple of guys that are left over. Most of the time, he, he's got a new team, like completely different. And I I agree. I I've always been impressed with how he's been able to get people to buy in, uh, and you know if you if you look at Calipari, yeah, maybe he should have won uh, one or two more titles. But every one of his guys are prepared for the NBA, and I think that's part of him get him demanding stuff, but also you know them buying into what what he wants to do. Exactly. Exactly. So you uh after you got done playing, I know you jumped as an assistant at Lagrange High. What is something you learned over there as an assistant coach? Man, I uh I, I coached under some really good coaches, in Mike Polly and Mark Mill for two years, and I thought some of the
1: uh, very successful coaches. If you go back and look at the records and region championships and stuff like that, but I thought one of the biggest things I learned is because I've always been uh. As a point guard, sometimes I like to see the bigger picture, but I was tunnel vision sometimes with getting the play right, making sure everybody was in the right spot, kind of first level stuff. With it's not really tunnel vision, but you're seeing everything, but you're only worried about one little simple goal. You're not worried about some of the other aspects of it. I, I felt like as an assistant coach sometimes I got to sit back because I don't have to worry about calling the plays. I don't have to worry about any game time stuff because that was more of Mark and, Mar- and Mike doing that stuff. I got to see the flow of the game. I got to see who, who was mismatching, who, who had a mismatch, who couldn't go to this.
0: Yeah, absolutely you know I uh was only an assistant for one year with with coach Wallace and coach McGrill but I kind of you know get what you're saying you're um I think honestly like if if we could run it back a little bit I probably would have wanted to be an assistant for a couple more years just to kind of get that flow and to get that feel because um there's a value to it I think that you can take in as a head coach and um you know you got to start worrying more about uh a lot of stuff as a head coach right but uh, you you have that perspective as an assistant. What what works, what doesn't work, and uh, you know I I definitely agree with you on that. I know y'all y'all definitely had a ton of success. Um, you know, multiple elite eight finishes, multiple region titles over there during your stretch at Lagrange High, and um, worked with a lot of good coaches. So I'm sure that you saw a lot.
1: When you first started coaching, without dealing with the refs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I saw I, I sat next to uh, one of the assistant coaches at LaGrange, Scotty Alexander, who is an official as well, and he honestly he helped mentor me in some ways of hey, this is how you deal with the refs. Why argue about a play that's already happened? Yeah, you know that you know why it doesn't it doesn't help you to a certain extent. It might make that ref
0: think about it, but if they're not a very good official, all that's going to do is make them mad. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I came and watched how you were. You're Year, at
1: other Grange Academy, and I came and watched your second and third year. I think I actually said something to you about it, about how cool and calm you were, and I and I think that's great, and that's something I'm trying to, you know, get better at. You know, as a young coach, sometimes to be old and wise, you have to be young and dumb. And I'm <laughs> learning that right now a little
0: bit. <laughs> I love that phrase. Yeah, you know, I I remember my first year, you know, coaching, just letting one bad call affect how my demeanor was for. You know, maybe even the rest of the game, depending on when it was. And I saw that that not only affected how I coached, but it affected how my players played. Yeah, I was just about to
1: say, it filters down your players. Your kids take your personality, and they run with it. If they see you fussing and griping, guess what? They're going to forget about the flow, and they're just going to worry
0: about that call right there. That was probably correct. Right, you know, and I can't ask my players to stay in the moment if I'm not in the moment. Exactly. Uh, You know, and you're right, I mean... Um, a lot of times, we go back and we watch stuff and think, well, okay, I see what the ref was looking at there. Um, I'll tell you what, though. The ones that get me are the ones when they're 50 feet away from the basket. But that's that's another topic for another day, right? 50 feet yeah. away from the basket,
1: across the other court, right in front of the other official in his zone.
0: Exactly, right? So, man, we we could we could have a whole podcast on officials, couldn't we? Oh,
1: goodness gracious. And, I, you know, <laughs>
0: So you, you've been a head coach for one year. You've been at Troop uh, at Troop High, and uh, you had a successful first year uh, starting to build a program. What, what have you learned now that you've been a head coach? The biggest thing that I've learned now is,
1: you know, as assistant coach, you know, it, it's human nature to say, well, I would have done this, or we should have done that, or, oh, man, why did we do this? When you're the head coach, there's no asking those questions right then. Right. It, it's coming back to you. There's going to be other people asking those questions about you. Right. And that's when you just have to understand that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay. It's okay to make You know what? That wasn't the right decision. Let's go with it. Let's learn from it and move on. I thought one of the, one of the biggest things that I knew, you know, growing up around coaches, you want to surround yourself with people that are as smart as you or smarter than you with things. You know, are in different areas. Your weaknesses are their strengths, your strengths are their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's a huge thing. And i thought of my staff this year. I had a great staff. Shoot, I, people tell me I have more assistant coaches. Some teams have players, you <laughs> know, like sometimes.
0: Well, hey, that that can't hurt. I'll tell you that. Oh, no, John. Yeah. I just – going down the list, Dan Brumbo, he was a head coach.
1: He's been coaching for 30-some years. He was a head coach in Alabama. I had Fred Bridges, who just actually got a head coaching job. At Russell County High School, girls' job. I was happy for him. So, my coaching tree is starting to move out a little bit. I love it. He just got that. And he, man, he's, he's someone who just loves the players. I had Chatoyan Smith, who did my ninth grade job. He, he understood the flow of the game. Aaron Powell, who actually you coached in college and I played with in college, the kids love. And he was a great guard instructor. I mean, you, I just go down the list, man, and, it, and it's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, that, you know, that yeah. sounds, you know, a couple of those guys you named, man. I know, obviously, uh, Aaron, because we coached him in college. He was probably a great resource for you, and uh, I know, I know Fred as well. So, and that's well, that's actually the fun, one of The funny things is when Fred just said that looking for another coach. I actually just hired one of the guys that used to coach with you. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Caleb Smallwood. That, my guy, man! You got a, You got an he- excellent hire right there. You know, two things about Caleb, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying this, is he is great at being the good cop um, right. when you're the bad cop. And also, um, he it, it's just kind of his personality, but a lot of times when things are tense or uh, when there's a lot of pressure and you're kind of in the middle of the grind, Caleb can provide some comic relief, and even if it's just to you, to kind of laugh about something or smile or relax a little bit. Caleb's great at that. And uh, and that's not to you know that's not to I mean he's got he's got a good basketball mind uh, was a good player in college so he's got a lot of experience he's bringing with him.
1: Oh uh, yes, I'm pumped. I really
0: am. Absolutely. So, um, you know, only obviously you've only been a head coach for one year, but like I do this when I when I evaluate the season, um, and try to just improve on it every year. You know, what's one thing? Um, that maybe you've done in this offseason to try to be better than you were last year?
1: Well, one thing I, I feel like sometimes you have to do is it's hard to understand what your weaknesses are looking at yourself. And mm-hmm. one I think I've done for a long time, and I even took it uh, to middle school when I was an assistant coach at the Grange, and now I think it's when I was at True, that if I sit down and have player meetings with my players, and I say, tell me things that you like about what went on. Tell me things that you didn't like. Tell me things that can improve for next year. And I also do that with my coaching staff as well. I have coaching meetings and say, hey, Tell me things that you didn't like. I know some stuff that you liked. I know that we didn't do everything right. We also didn't do everything wrong. So tell me the stuff that we didn't do right so I can work, see how you're feeling, see how what you think about these things, and I can go back self-reflect. I mean, shoot, in the off-season, you watch film. I probably watched the season three times already.
0: <laughs> right, you go, yeah.
1: Oh, I can see why they said that. You go back and you just self-reflect uh, really big at this time of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's That's something that I've tried to do. Um, and you really when you do that and of course you know um, you've done it for one year and I think when you do it uh, you know year after year after year it really creates this buy-in from players though that they have feedback um and you know they're not gonna you know you don't want them to feel like they can tell you every little move and but they you do want feedback from your players and um, you know especially the ones that have been in the program or have experience and uh, so I think that's valuable. Yeah, one thing that, you know, every year I try to look back and um and think, well, what could I have done? You know, this past year I took a team that didn't have any seniors as um our high school was building each grade and uh I I about December I thought, mm, I gave them too much. Um you know, I you know, you know kind of took over a program at Lagrange Academy, but we had seniors and I felt like they were able to uh that first season even though we were implementing new stuff they were able to um kind of help the younger guys understand what we were doing but this year we didn't have seniors and it was just you know i think uh maybe if i if i had to do it over or you know if i ever am in this situation again i would i would you know try to be a little bit simpler and uh but at the same time it kind of paid off cuz we played well at the end of the year but um you know you always look back and think what could i have done better so that's that's good information Well, me we and you we're we're gonna get together and do this more, um, talk about coaching and we could talk about coaching probably for hours. Um, as uh as this conversation could go a thousand different ways. But wanna dive into the NBA. The NBA is as you know, um a twelve month sport now. Uh it's in the news every day. Um I think I don't you know, uh it's August and people are speculating on uh the doggone timberwolves and nuggets you know so uh that it's just crazy how popular it is now
1: oh it, it's unbelievable i mean when you think back when i was even in high school and middle school yeah i like watching the nba but it i mean it was nowhere near the the, the media attention it gets now i mean if somebody goes against some mcdonald's and pays for a rush everybody's meal <laughs> it's the news that this guy's just a great guy right
0: i'm They really do. And, like, I was in uh, Las Vegas for, t- uh, for for three days at Summer League, and I looked around and I was going, I mean, it's just amazing because both gyms are packed. Um, I mean, you have the game's biggest names coming in, dropping by, watching these rookies and guys trying to make, make rosters, and it's just amazing that uh, it's it's now just taken off, even watching those guys play. You know, just it's crazy how popular it is. I mean, Right, it blew up. You know, it blew up last few, last few years. Um, I don't know, man. So you know, we had a lot of big off season moves. Um, everybody wants to talk about LeBron. What do you think about him going to LA? Well,
1: listen, I I think this time I, I love the way he did it. I, I was not a big fan of how he did the decision. I was a that was not that's not my cup of tea. That's not the way I would do things. But then again, he's living a completely different lifestyle than me. Right. He knew where he was going. He knew, yep. Everybody knew where he ended, was going
0: to end up going. How, he he made this, this was as much of a basketball move, I don't think, as it was much more of a business decision. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, it's funny. And, uh, I, also, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, a couple things. Thinking back to his decision, you know, I think really both both things, him handling it the way he did this year uh, or this time and kind of how I view it has shown that I'm 10 years older and that LeBron is 10 years older. <laughs> so, it's, it's you know, I just have a different perspective on it. Um, I wouldn't have, you know, probably – you know, agreed to go on national television, but at the same time, man, he raised a million dollars that day for the YMCA in Cleveland or in Akron, excuse me. And um, so, even even maybe one of the uh, least informed decisions he's made, he still made impact. Um, so, yeah. At, at the same time, though, basketball wise, um, going to LA offers a couple of things, right? You mentioned Luke Walton. Luke Walton. They're gonna they're gonna play with pace. Um, and they're gonna push the ball, they're gonna move the ball, but I think playing um, you know, there's a lot of speculation on what they're gonna do with Lonzo. But and,
1: and, and, you know what? I don't mean to cut you off there. Here's yeah. the first I finally get to disagree with you on something I've been waiting to disagree with you on, this, on Go that. Go ahead. They uh playing with pace, everybody now is trying to play fast because the Warriors are doing
0: it. Right. You know, do think that right you're right that they probably if you're gonna play with pace you gotta have shooting i still think they're gonna play with pace uh now i i I can't foresee the future and what um what moves they make and what trades they make but if they stay with the roster as is those young guys they're gonna want them to push and and run um obviously you know they brought in rondo they brought in lance stevenson Uh, i know they want to um you know implement those guys into the culture but I think they brought those guys in more for defense and I think they're still going to try to play with pace I mean Rondo um, when he was with the Pelicans last year they they played at a pretty good pace um, especially once Boogie went down I can
1: definitely see
0: that yeah and you know you're right they don't have um, they don't have the you know the best shooting uh, even even a guy like Contavious Caldwell-Pope who you know, a lot of people think great shooter but he's only really shooting in the mid-30s I was going to say
1: I uh, think i
0: Yeah, it's it's right around there. So yeah, you know they don't have uh, the best pieces around them, but I think you're you know you're right in that they want to take LeBron and the Lakers want to take him off the ball so much um, and put the ball in other players' hands um, and let LeBron kind of uh, you know fill the game out and and you know he's going to be fresh at the end of games, especially when they get to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, now we might we might. Where do you think the the Lakers are going to finish this year?
1: Yeah. Yes, they lost Trevor Reza and Luke Balmute. Yes, I understand that. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I was never – Trevor Ariza is a great defender. Luke Balmute was a good defender. Trevor Ariza is a great corner
0: shooter. But those spots right there, you can put together. Yeah. You can fill those roles. Are a lot easier than you can fill someone like Clint Capella that they thought they were going to lose at one time. Or right. Like
1: James Horner, Chris Paul. Right, I, I still think they're going to be number two.
0: All right, that's interesting. I I'll disagree. I'll get to that in just a second, but um. Well, good. Uh, and then after that, that's where it gets interesting. It does. I mean, you got
1: Timberwolves. You got the Nuggets. You got and someone else who made some great off season uh, off season acquisitions, but which I think might have a chance to make the playoffs or the mat or the Mavericks. Yeah,
0: they're going to be right there. Uh they're going to compete. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like the Lakers though. Even though they added LeBron, I mean. Are, is is that roster that much better than Cleveland's roster was at uh, at the end of last season? No, but what they are right now, is they're. I think they're a strong.
1: I think they're a three four seed. Hmm. People I th- don't understand that what LeBron James does to the game of Yes, he does, but people say he's not clutch. Tell me what clutch is. I mean, what, hitting the last second shot. People think Kobe Bryant's the most clutch player. If you look at percentages. And um, Lebron, Lebron has a better uh, shooting clutch in the fourth quarter than uh, Kobe does.
0: Hey, you know, we we've me and you have debated this before, and I think a lot of people have debated this. I think he kind of put the bed the clutch debate this past offseason, right? I mean, this past postseason, right? I mean, no doubt. I mean, I I always thought it was uh, a po- I always thought it was pretty clutch, and I was I I'm a Kobe fan, but right? Well the stuff he does the first
1: through the third quarter. Oh yeah. The passes he makes across court in a shooting pocket, which you know goes from all right, now I have to gather, now I have to get my feet set, now I have to now they don't have to do that. They're just catching and going straight up. Reading the defense, he's a great he's a great off ball defender. Did he lose some lateral quickness a little bit? Yeah, he play, he's played the most minutes out of everybody in the end of his entire career.
0: Right. I think that's correct. I mean, this is his fifteenth year.
1: Exactly, and, and and arguably this is probably one of his best years he's played, and it, it's just unbelievable to win the MVP.
0: And he, you're right. He should win the MVP every year.
1: I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. But what I guarantee you, I'll be willing to come back on here when they have this and we thought His team will be the three or four seed in the West. He's that good. You could put. I mean, I, he was that good, and I, we. I think we talked about one time if he would have played at Akron, Ohio in college. <laughs>
0: They'll probably won it all. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be right there. The West is so tough. Uh, LeBron's in his 16th season. I mean, I'm predicting a kind of a fifth, sixth place finish for them. Um, but that's with a very tiny margin. Um, I don't think there's going to be much separation between, uh, you know, two through eight in the West. So, And, and the reason why I kind of say that is, one, is, LeBron's great, and he's going to lift that organization back to where they, you know, close to a point they want to be. Um, obviously they want to add pieces next off season or maybe make a big trade, but um, they are still young, and uh, just the West is so tough. Um, there's just, you know, you got to add a bunch of wins to be a three four seed, and there's, you know, where are you going to add them? And um, and I just uh. I think that's going to be, you know, LeBron is 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 fantastic, and um, but I just don't know how much, um, you know, they can they can elevate from not making the playoffs to being the three seed. Well, here you go.
1: This is is what I want to point out here. They were a thirty-five win team last year.
0: Right. All right. You've got from third place on. Portland was forty-nine.
1: Oklahoma City was forty-eight. Utah was forty-eight. New Orleans was forty-eight. San Antonio was forty-seven. Minnesota was forty-seven. Right. You go. Right. Because they knew they weren't winning in the East. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I mean, he's going to give them. So you're telling me he, he's only worth 14 more wins? No, nah,
0: he, he's worth 20 wins. Uh, you know, I, I can't argue that he's not worth that amount of wins. It's how engaged will LeBron be in the regular season? That's, that's my question. And I,
1: conference finals because that will be a win he knows how to piece together a career he knows he, they're, they're not expecting him to win the western conference finals this year he and does enough to know, all right now all i gotta do is be in the two or three c well i don't have to play the Warriors in the first two rounds and now i gotta play them in the finals that's a
0: win yeah i yeah i mean you're right that that's a successful season for the lakers i i don't think they get there this year though i, I don't um and as great as he is, I think the West is too tough. And you know, he he carried Cleveland. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But they were on the brink of of losing to the Pacers, uh, of losing to the Celtics. So, um, you know, I, you gotta have pieces around you because the West is so good.
1: Right. Also learned under some great coaches. Lou Walter plays with some great coaches, so he knows some things. As well and he's coach under some great ones as well. I I am I I I I, I firmly believe I think he's gonna be in the three seed because he's gonna be put in better
0: positions than he was last year in Cleveland. Well you know, and I, that that is well, that is for sure that they will be better coached. Um that that, that is a hundred percent certain and I think you're right, he's gonna be in better positions. and again, I think you're going to see, um, you know, a guy like Lonzo. I think you're going to see Brandon Ingram take a leap. Um, and those guys are going to be more productive. And just a year under your belt makes you, you know, that much more experienced. But I just, again, we, me and you may have to make a little side bet on whether or not they make the Western Conference Finals. So, hey,
1: I, you know me, I'm all
0: in. <laughs> I know you are. My, I, you know, everybody points to um, that kind of moment where, you know lebron was so frustrated after uh jr kind of dribbled the clock out and lost lost count of the score and time and all that um and i i really think lebron felt like he had figured something out with this warriors team and if they could have won that game um that would have set up a potential uh forcing a, a deep series and cuz if you if the way you kind of break it down you think well the warriors come back and win game 2 well uh Cleveland almost should have won game 3. Mm-hmm. And uh now you're talking about a you know probably a 2-2 series going back. I don't want to be in a 3-game series with LeBron. <laughs> you, you know? So, um I, I think that's why you saw how frustrated he was um, cuz and also can please somebody else do something? <laughs> you know, so um I, you know.
1: Well, it's not You've been sitting in a position, you know, and you're a catch and shoot guy and you're cold because you're just watching LeBron be the best player in the world for so long. And then all of a sudden in the game you are going to be asked to make a play. Well, the only person that can do that is JR Smith cuz he not know what quarter it is.
0: Well, I think part of it and what I mean by, you know, you're right, exactly. I uh, at least, you know, I I would have known the time and score so as a player, but um you're right in that the position the players were asked to be put in, they, there's not a lot they could do unless LeBron was getting in the ball. But I think part of the frustration was, how did someone not know that we had a timeout left? Um, I'm not sure about, you know, we've heard a lot of stuff and, um, about what happened and all the communication breakdown, but I don't think they communicated to the players that they had one timeout left. <laughs> well, well, I just say about a timeout, and if you have one, you don't have one. When you get in these tight games.
1: You can get going. It, it takes something really special to step back and understand something really small as a timeout.
0: Right. I agree with that. And that's why, you know, it just all crashed in on him. And I didn't have a problem with him showing frustration because, like I said, I think, one, he just needed, he wanted someone else to, to help. And, two, uh, he thought he had figured something out.
1: the team and you truly think you, you figured something out, you're not gonna not say anything to that guy on the bench. You can be mad at him, you can be whatever you want, but you gotta be a point in time where you gotta understand your players.
0: And and that that is true. Um but we gotta think man, this is like a, a lifetime of getting to this moment for LeBron. Right? Like he had finally people had finally said, Okay, you are at least on the same page as MJ and um he was at this moment of everything he had been working for um and it was kind of his like almost personal treasure he had he had almost found that he could beat the warriors by himself and then um are, you know doing the majority of the work yeah, I agree. And, and, and and part of that is because lebron's not a very good general manager that we could talk about later but you know that's a side note but on the court He's he's carrying them, and he looks around, and there's just this human emotion that hits you sometimes. And I know you gotta be a leader. You gotta you 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 may have to lift everybody up, but I I, I just didn't have a problem with it because sometimes you just get overwhelmed, and I think he got overwhelmed, and uh I, you know it affected how they played in overtime, and you know maybe you're right, maybe he should have went in and. Try to be an encourager, but I don't think that's LeBron's personality. I don't think it ever has been.
1: Hmm, that's
0: interesting. That's an interesting statement there. You know, and he's had to to you know I, I someone mentioned this before to me, and um, I apologize if they're listening. I don't give them credit, but um, there's a lot of a lot of times in LeBron's career, you know, even though he's played with great talent. Um, and maybe he caught Wade at the tail end of his prime, or Bosch at the tail end of his prime. But he's always had like guys that have helped him be leaders. You know, you think back to the Miami days. Wade was a great leader himself, but also a guy like Shane Battier was around. Udonis Haslam. I don't think he necessarily had that with this Cleveland team. So you know, and and that may have been something he was missing. But and maybe it's a lesson he learned. Uh, and he'll take it to him, to L.A. But uh, we'll see, man. Um, I, I don't think when you brought up his passing, I think he's the best passer ever. And I don't think there's a smarter basketball player that's played the game.
1: That, I mean, uh, I can't argue with you there, my man.
0: That press conference where he broke down that whole sequence against the Warriors was, I, I don't know, it was, it was truly impressive. I don't even know if a coach if I could have, you know, in the moment right after a game happened, broke down a sequence like that. Yes. It was it was crazy. I mean, I don't know. So, he's he's phenomenal and we'll have to I going back to how far they can get in the Western Conference. I think the Spurs are going to be the two seed. That's my pick. Ooh. Yeah. Um they won 47 games last year. Uh they added a uh, you know, 28 uh points per game score. Um, so I think adding DeRozan automatically gets you five to six wins. That puts them in the fifties. I think the Rockets, while they're going to be great, they take a step back a little bit this year. And Pop, and I know I've given a lot of information here, but Pop is great at tailoring what he wants done around his players. You think this past year he lost Kawhi. He kind of was had this little ragtag group. He was kind of gluing together, and he built the offense around Aldridge again, a mid-range, uh, you know, a mid-range post player who uh, doesn't shoot a lot of threes and you know kind of kills the ball sometimes with isolations. And that's against what Pop wants, but he tailored his offense around, and they still won forty-seven games. Right. Three through eight, you know what I mean? Yeah. I really don't think it is.
1: But, I mean, when you lose someone like Kyle Anderson, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, even though he didn't play last year, and Tony Parker, I mean, shoot, I don't even know how,
0: what I'm going to look like when Tony Parker plays for another team besides the Spurs. <laughs> That's going to be weird. That, yeah. And then you, all, you, all you're at you're adding, Marco Bellinelli, which I think is a huge loss to the 76ers. Right. Dante Cunningham, DeMar DeRozan, if he's smart...
1: Which, if they're
0: or loyal, which they say he was really loyal to Toronto, but I think he got Dwayne Casey fired. That's just my opinion. Right. And then you got they brought in Jacob Palatia. I can't even say. Is that? It's Jakob Purtle, I think. Okay, even so, even better. Right. And then Lonnie Walker. I mean, some guys from the draft. I mean, I felt like they lost more than what they gained. <sighs> they did. Look, you don't lose the. You know, when healthy, the second or third best player in the NBA, and not and not get equal value, right? Yes. Yeah. So I agree with that. But all the pieces you mentioned, I think Lonnie Walker is going to actually be really good. Um, and obviously with the Spurs' development, he you know he has a really good chance of that. But
1: very underrated, but yes.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, they they bring in very rarely when these trades happen. Do you get a player? that is still an All-NBA guy, that, um, you know, I, I think this is kind of, someone pointed this out, that last year in the All-Star game when we had the mixed teams, he was one of the ten guys on the court at the end of the game. And I, I think there's some value in that. Like, he he was one of the guys that was riding or dying DeRozan, with his team. Rosen, yeah, DeMar DeRozan. And um, you know, I think he's a legit NBA superstar that in the Spurs system – um, they're going to be the two seed, and I think they're going to they're going to play the the Warriors in the in the Western Conference Finals. Well, here
1: and here's my argument to that: Dwayne Casey got fired because I don't know if you remember it. I think it was the, one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, maybe. Yep. And their team went on the run because he was on the bench.
0: Yep, I I remember.
1: And he did not like that. He came out about it, talking about it. Yep. And hey, though Toronto Raptors after the season fired him. The next day, he got the Coach of the Year.
0: Which is yeah, that is. He, that is wild that he won coach of the year and was fired.
1: You're telling me he can't fit into Dwayne Casey's uh, coaching style, but he's gonna fit into what everybody knows.
0: Uh, um, I've lost the name right now. San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Popovich. Popovich. Sorry, right. Popovich. You're good. He's gonna be able to get into Popovich's uh, system and understand and buy in. I'm just not
1: sold on that. I hope he does because if he does, they're gonna be great. But if you can't buy in to Dwayne Case, it's gonna. I mean, it's going Popovich is
0: worse. They say Popovich is even harder on people. He is, and you know, but at the same time, who, who would you rather have in a situation like this than Popovich? I mean, Brad Stevens is great, he just hadn't got to that level yet. Where if you're going to take a player that's like DeMar DeRozan, who would you rather have, hey, say, I, we need to get this guy to buy in. I think I'd want Pop in that corner, right? I can't argue with that. Oh, that's that hey, you, you nailed that one. So I I um I, I think Pop's gonna get him to buy in. Uh, you know, it's funny, these guys the has been in the media talking about loyalty and all that. These jokers, they they change at the drop of the hat where they want to play. And even these guys under contract, um, you know, like Kawhi's done it, Kyrie did it last year, they kind of forced these trades and they say they want out. And teams are kind of, you know, kind of left stranded a little bit because, you know, you have to find that battle of do we bring a guy in that doesn't want to be around, you know, our, our organization or, or what. And so it's give and take, right? If you can control where you play, you have to understand that, hey, the team may trade me, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. And I think the, uh, the NBA um, owners, they're going
1: to come back with some rules that say we do Certain days or play certain times, you're going to be fine. I think that's going to come out here soon. That's my opinion. I think that's definitely going to pop because as a boss, I don't know another profession where uh, someone who works under you can hold you stranded like that. Yeah, I I agree. I lost a lot of respect for Kawhi Leonard, and I think, I mean, he was, I mean, he was a a gentle giant almost in that he didn't talk much. He just went about his business and, and went to work. You know what I mean? But then again. you hate somebody too much for something because just the other day Danny Green came out with an
0: injury that the San Antonio Spurs staff missed yeah right and it makes you wonder what 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 really happened with them and Kawhi you know exactly yeah I agree the one thing that I've that I've kind of said this and um is why is not why hasn't Kawhi come out and just said something I you know I agree he's not a guy that talks he's not a big media personality but at a at a certain point don't you feel like as a man like I got to control the story a little bit like
1: and I think there's people behind the scenes pulling the strings they are he came out right now and said something it doesn't matter what he said it's gonna look like he's just trying to cover himself
0: right it will but you know now yeah but if during that whole process if he had just come out and said. Hey, yeah, I won't trade it. I would have had a little bit more respect than just being quiet and kind of hanging out. I don't know. That's mine, and your personality, because we come
1: out and say stuff. Right. Some people don't come out and just <laughs> blast
0: people. <laughs> that is true. We, me, and you would have said something, <laughs> right or wrong, right? No doubt about it. So, what do you think? So, we 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 kind of dove into the Kawhi thing. What do you think that does for the Rock? I mean, uh, excuse me, for the Raptors.
1: <laughs> I just butchered, and they and they re-signed Fred VanVleet. I mean, they didn't lose much. I mean, if if Kawhi plays, you're looking at somebody who's better than DeRozan. You're getting a better shooter than what they lost. Right. And you still got all the guys they had there. Yeah. And, and Kyle Lowry.
0: Um, Serge Ibaka still there? Serge is still there. Yeah. Serge Ibaka still there. Valanciunas. I mean, that's a solid squad. Solid. Well, well, they have the they have Siakam that came off the bench and uh, OG Anawobi. Yeah, so you know? he's going to sixth man now. Who was a starter? Yeah, man, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be uh, oh, especially defensively, man. They're gonna be able to do a lot of stuff.
1: You bring honestly, hey. I bring Danny Green
0: off the bench. I I, I would you know I yeah. And, uh, what's name? here. Yeah, uh, Anawobi. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, That's pretty solid out there. It's it really is, man. I, I think they're the second best team in the East. Uh, uh, who do you think's the first? Well, the Celtics.
1: The Celtics,
0: huh? I'm
1: gonna throw I'm gonna throw a wild
0: card out there at you. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks. You you wanna know why? Why? Mike Budenholzer. I I, I
1: agree. I think I think they're gonna
0: do great. I, I'm with you, man. I think they're they're maybe a piece short from really, really being a true contender. But I I don't think people realize how much better all those young guys, like Brogdon and and obviously including Giannis, how much better they're going to get under I mean, under Bud.
1: I mean, they you got to understand all they lost was Brandon Jennings, Jabari
0: Parker.
1: Yep. Now Jabari Parker was good, but they just brought in Ilyasova from the Seventy Sixers, which I thought was a huge loss for the Seventy Sixers.
0: Ilyasova is going to be so great with them. He's going to open the floor for Giannis. Uh, he, yeah. Right, that's I mean, if
1: people remember before he got injured, he was an all star. He was a he was a great all star.
0: He, he's an all star, and he's a man. He can shoot the ball now. Uh, I mean, he's expanded his you range.
1: Start him and bring John it off the
0: bench. Right there, man. Like, a deeper team
1: than what they got right
0: now. And and every year uh, with the Hawks, especially the last three years, the the Hawks w- with Bud led the league in creating open shots. Yes, and. This Now you're talking about Bud has multiple shooters and a piece like Giannis, they're going to be really good. It, that was the stud that he was missing in Atlanta. It, it, was, it was. It's the guy that can go get you a bucket at the end of a game. It's the guy that can carry you when you know, when, when a couple of your shooters aren't hitting. I mean, you're right. He He's that guy. He was missing. I, mean, he, 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 I mean, It is, and I really like uh, Divincenzo, who they you know they drafted this year. I really like his game and what he can add with them, too. I mean, it's just I mean they're deep, they're deep, and then you add a coach who's was under Popovich, right? And I
1: mean, it, it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, he- if they get open shot. That's one thing with the Bucks last year. If you watched them, it was a lot of isolation ball.
0: It was, and and they really just you know obviously they had the whole situation with Kidd and. Um, you know the kind of interim coach they have, but it, really they just didn't use Giannis to his strengths. And Bud's gonna do that. Mm-hmm. He's gonna put him in all kinds of. And, and man, you think you you mentioned adding Ilyasova and Lopez, the floor's gonna be wide open for him. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? Who, who are you gonna double with? Because I mean, he'll kick out and he'll score. So, and of course, you know if he's one on one with anybody, he's scoring. I mean, um, and that
1: defensive lineup, and they're oh. not giving up.
0: That's the one thing that people you know, forget about Bud is um, the Hawks are always a top five defensive team. Team defense, yeah. Yeah, you know, they always forget to mention that. But, he, I mean, he – and, you know, a lot of it, he had certain pieces he could do certain things with with Millsap and Horford, but he really could coach some defense. And uh, I, I think he's going to continue to do that in Milwaukee. Um, I, I still think, though, the Celtics are the best team in the East. Right. I mean they're gonna man, they're and Tatum and Jalen are a year older. Um I, I look, I know there's there's probably a lot of people out there, a lot of those analytic guys that disagree with this. Keeping Marcus smart was extremely important. Because that guy goes to war for you. He's your dog. Man, I love him. And and I know sometimes he may take a bad shot, um, but I want that guy on the court. And uh he you know, He's playing with guys like Kyrie and Tatum, and I think he he understands his role. And you want you want him um, in your culture, in your locker room, and like you said, he's your dog. So I think that was huge keeping him around. Yeah, it's no doubt there. So, um, all right. So you know we've we've obviously you know kind of danced around this. Um, can anybody uh, either compete with or take down the Warriors this year? I agree. I think they win. I, I, I'm with you on that. And then, and I, I like what the Lakers built. They're not
1: trying to play the Warriors game. You're not yeah. going to beat the Warriors at the Warriors game. I know we talked about it earlier. There is no three
0: better shooters than what they have, any other team, than what they have on the Warriors. Right. I mean, they have the two best shooters of all time on their roster, so it's hard to, like, replicate that. <laughs> it, plus, talking about? well, Steph and Clay, But also, I mean, I know Durant can shoot. I'm not, I'm not knocking him. I mean, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. So I'm not knocking Kevin Durant when I say that. But it's really hard to replicate what they have. I agree with you. You're
1: exactly
0: right. The one do what they did. Right. He did another one. Well, you know, you saw the Rockets. um, Yes, they scored the basketball. They shot a lot of threes. But when they went into that series, they said, okay, we are going to play the exact opposite style of what you play. We are going to isolate every possession, and we're going to crush your guys on defense. Or... You know try to tire them out and then also- we're gonna switch everything and we're gonna force you to play isolation basketball and yeah. and it, it it worked i mean they they had a series lead, and you know their their you know player option one b went down, and uh obviously from there they they didn't have uh the gas that they had with chris Paul, so it was yeah. really hard but again, you go into a game seven if they hit even close to the percentage they did during the year um they probably win that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, would they go seven minutes stretch without scoring? They missed
0: like 27 threes that game in a row. I mean, it was ridiculous. That's crazy to think about that, but yeah, I mean, they were right there. So, I mean, I agree with you. The only team that can beat the Warriors are the Warriors, right?
1: It, that, no doubt. And I, I don't think the Spurs can do it. I definitely don't think the Thunder can do it. No. The Lakers,
0: they're a year away because they're young. Right. Got LeBron. He's just looking to get to the Western Conference Finals.
1: I think this will be their easiest run they've had. I Look for the
0: next year for when it starts derailing. Yeah, I I think so. Um, that's
1: when the signings start happening with Draymond and
0: those other guys. You know, Clay's going to be a free agent, and his dad played for the Lakers, so that's going to be enticing. Um, I'm starting it right now Clay Thompson to the Hawks because he, he has a good relationship with Travis Schlink. So um, hopefully that creates some momentum right there. Um, okay. But uh, yeah. Hey, um, Clay, man, Clay's great, dude. He's a piece. Let's bring him in. I can't
1: argue with that. Yeah, he.
0: Uh, we we need somebody that can play defense. So we need a half a puzzle. <laughs> right, You're right about that. I like that. Um, man, uh, it's just crazy. Like we talked about earlier, how the NBA's is taking off. You know, we talked about it and how the league's going and whether or not you know teams should, uh, how they should build their rosters. Pace and space is the big thing right now. Um, and obviously, the Warriors have been very successful in that. And um, you've seen other teams sort of get there. Like the Celtics, they play pace and space style. Um, and, uh, you know, the Rockets, to a certain degree, did the same thing. What do you think the next trend is or where the league is going uh, next uh, in terms of X's and O's or, or style of play?
1: back around. Right. It, I mean, you're starting to see now, I don't know if you've noticed it, I know the big guys kind of went away for a little bit, mm-hmm. but if you're starting to see now, the big guys are starting to come back. Mm-hmm. Now granted, they're face-up guys, they can shoot it, they can dribble it, they can do it, but to me that's just a step in the other direction, I was like, alright, we're we'll starting to get big guys back in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can see it start going because I think it's going to go, I think it's going to revert back. Around the
0: seventies or eighties, when it starts getting a little bit more physical. Yeah, I can see that. Because I think a lot of people are complaining. Because here's one thing:
1: if you watch the All Star game last year, one of the best All Star games has been in a long time. I agree. Competitive. It, it was awesome to watch the best thirty players, and they they went after it.
0: Yeah, and they, I mean, and they had a little. I mean, all of them had a little chip on their shoulder. You know, whether uh, I should have got picked ahead of this guy or whatever. You know, I thought that was good.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's going to start getting back to defense. I think it's going to start being a defense thing. I know everybody's all about, you know, stats and this and that, but look at the playoffs. The playoffs last year were extremely physical. It was,
0: very physical. And I think it's just going to, I think it's just going to roll over to the regular season because
1: fans are starting to watch basketball more, they're starting to understand it a lot more, mm-hmm. and they're starting to want to see good defense.
0: And I agree with that, man. Like, uh, you know, you, you you mentioned the playoffs, the two conference finals uh between the Cavs Celtics Rockets Warriors um a lot of those games were played in the in the high 80s low 90s so not like you know the trends that were kind of set you know prior to those series and um I think you're right a lot of it was because of how teams are coaching defense and you know those even you know Mike D'Antoni not a defensive guy offensive guy shoot a lot of threes but they still played the Warriors pretty tough defensively Yeah, and um you know, like you said, it's going to circle back. So I love what you said about big men. Um the the only, you know, slight difference is of how the style the big men are going to play. Uh you said it, there's a lot of face-up guys. Um a lot of these big men coming into the league now and a lot of the young guys that are that are already established, um they they're multidimensional, right? They're not they can guard multiple positions uh and they can score from all areas of the court. Um and so, I think you're going to see that trend continue. Uh, we, this draft, um, not only do we have Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, those type of players already in the league, but this draft was full of big guys that are you know um, can score and uh, play a lot of positions. And so. I think, you
1: just, I was just about to say, I think I skipped a step. I think the next thing first is, I think right now you have a point guard, you know, a shooting guard, a small guard, a power forward. I think the
0: next couple of years... It's going to go to positionless. It really is. And, I, and that's something I'm trying to tell my high school team. Listen, we're going positionless. Yep. we are got to know one through five. And, I, and, I, and that's what we're trying to do because, heck, I've got 35 guards on my team. <laughs> so we're we're right. all
1: going to be playing a, a, posi- a different position. Right. But I really think with the NBA, the, the, the freak, freakish athletes we have in the NBA right now, I really think it's going to go positionless first. And then it's going to say, all right, let's start getting a big guy there. Let's start getting an advantage inside.
0: Man, I – a 100% agree. I mean, you think Giannis is seven feet tall, and, I mean, he can run the offense, right? I mean, obviously LeBron can too, but, you know, the, all these guys coming up can push the ball and initiate the offense, and um, you're, you're, you're exactly right. You're hitting down the head. It's going to be positionless.
1: I mean, look at Ben Simmons, 6'10 point guard. Yeah. If you just looked up it recently, they working extremely hard on his jump shot, which I think in basketball is the easiest thing to teach, but that's just me. Anybody out
0: there that wants a new um, shooting coach, you know, I'll never turn you down. Let me let me listen to you. But um, well, if they want a new shooting coach, they I'd have to turn the job down first. So, (laughs) but we can argue about that (laughs) another day. Absolutely, man. You know, you mentioned Ben Simmons. The only problem with him is he's dating one of the Kardashian or Jenner girls. You know, no,
1: you're
0: telling me. I did not know that. Uh, What you know, I always get it mixed up. But he's dating either Kylie or. Kendall Jenner or whatever so he's in that he's in that circle of the Kardashians so the
1: Bruce Jenner I mean that that's them Bruce Jenner and and Kardashians that's the same people right
0: I know I'm saying he's in that circle so oh
1: my gosh no okay well there he goes
0: yeah yeah exactly so this year might be interesting for him I
1: did not oh man I did not know that right
0: he'll be on the their wall of shame or whatever I guess you call it oh Uh, he'll go on to all those other guys' wall of shame. <laughs> He ain't lying about that. Um, well, hey, look, we're kind of running out of time here. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. It's an NBA podcast, I know, but um, there's a lot of listeners that we have that cross over uh, between following the Hogs and following other sports. Um, you got one minute here. Give uh, give the dogs an inspirational message for the 2018 season.
1: It's true. On the spot here. Well, <laughs> I, I definitely I, I did look to everything that Kirby
0: Smart. I don't know if you watched SEC Media Day. Oh yeah. It's just attacking the day, trusting the process, and attacking the day.
1: You saw success from just two years. Imagine with the guys that we're bringing in, and if we keep attacking the day that we've done the last year. Oh man, the, the sky, the sky's the limit. I don't even know the sky's the limit. You can go past it. It's unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. I, I prediction on that. Dogs don't lose a regular season game. Make it to
0: the SEC championship game, lose to Alabama, and we and we get left out of the bowl this year, and then we win two in a row. Hey, I while I don't like your prediction, I do agree with how it's going to break down. Um, but, until a side note, we're beating Alabama in the SEC title game this year. We're beating them. You think so? I think so. We. I, I don't know. We talked. You know. We we can obviously talk about this forever, but. When you looked at a lot of what they were doing in the offseason with, like, strength competitions and stuff like that, every time they showed a group that was winning, Jake Fromm was in that group. And um, there's something about him. I think we're going to win it this year. Hmm, that's interesting. Of course, you know, a lot of times when we talk about this, I talk with my heart. So maybe, maybe I mean yeah, to me. Back, back to the
1: hard thing and so don't step back and say, all right, what do you got? I, I just think we're a year away. The leaders aren't there. The senior leadership, I think the next year,
0: is our, guy, is our year. It really is. One thing Kirby said is um, he's telling the guys that pressure is a privilege, and um, I kind of like that quote. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we're back in the same position this year. That's all you can ask for, right? You're
1: exactly right, man. Like you said, the dogs aren't going
0: anywhere. Absolutely, man. Well, look, uh, Kraft, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll do this again. Uh, I think this is going to be a popular podcast. So um, me and you will, will get back together. We'll try to get back as as basketball is cranking up, and kind of talk about um, you know what we're what we're planning on for the season. And obviously, we can talk NBA stuff and what's going on um, as the season gets underway. And uh, good luck to you at Troop this year. All
1: right, man. Same to you, my brother. I'll talk to you,
0: my man. Thank I, you so much for having me on here, dude. It's awesome. It's a privilege, man.